my name is Josh Deek, and I am on the Socially Business Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Yeah, it's really good to have you on, and thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Um, for, for people who don't know who you are, give us a, you know, a brief introduction of what kind of content you create. The best way to describe it, see, it's a lot of different things at a lot of different points, but the bulk of it, I would say, takes a lot of inspiration from your Cody Co's, good, uh, Drew Gooden, H3H3, um, and then other, you know, pre-COVID, there was more social experimentation stuff and like going out and interacting with crowds and stuff mm. like that in a fun way, not in a prank way, because that's disgusting <laughs> and horrible. Um, but obviously that's taken the back burner, but um, social commentary and uh, yeah, I suppose that's probably the best way, of, the best sort of word I could use to describe it. Yeah, cool. So I, um, I found you from a video that looks to have blown up on your channel, looking at all of your numbers of you've got. Yeah, you've got 15,000 subscribers. How much time has it taken for you to get to the point you're at now? Oh, man. Okay, so the story of it is I've always been, you know, I'm 23. So I remember, um, you know, when I was, you know, a young elementary school kid, but, you know, a kid that could remember this stuff. And I grew up with YouTube that kind of YouTube kind of grew up with me. And so I was always learn uh watching new content creators and i started watching harry potter puppet pals and you know I've, i'd always been around it and then it, sort of the idea after i had watched casey neistat in like high school i was like this seems like something i would love to do it seems like it'd be really fun and on the off chance it ever picks up it could open up some really cool opportunities to me and so uh i was a little bit lazy about it because i didn't want to start until i felt like it'd be good enough so I had a little bit of this imposter syndrome of, well, I can't do content that's already been done. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's already doing an idea, I can't jump in. At this point, everything's been done on the internet. So maybe I just shouldn't do it. And in college, I got into photography and I was like, you know what? I have the camera. I'm just going to buy a mic and just get started. The content will mm -hmm. be good enough for quality for what I care about. And I'm just going to get started. And I started by trying to make videos that I thought would get views. Mm -hmm. And after a while, um, you know, that, that got really hard to do because I wasn't enjoying it. The content was kind of very mediocre mm -hmm. um, because you could tell that I wasn't into it. And I kind of stopped for a while. And then I, and then I realized that I had nothing better to do after like a, after a couple month break. And I started making content that I thought was enjoyable to make and that I thought was enjoyable period stuff that would make me laugh rather than stuff that I thought the internet would care about. And I stopped caring so much about growth and I started caring about just making content that was worth watching. Yeah. And at least in my perspective, mm -hmm. I think, um, so I've looked into what you guys talk about a little bit and it's all really important stuff, but I think the first and foremost thing that's important, and I'm sure you preach this as well is ultimately you have to be in what you're doing because yeah. people will know. And if, if you're not into it and the content will suffer, and if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then you won't have incentive to keep up. Yeah. So yeah. it's, that's easily by far the most important thing. You kind of have to, there's, there's things you can do to set yourself up for success 
And like, that's like the business side, the SEO side, marketing. I'm, I graduated with a marketing degree. So it's like, you mm-hmm. know, all the stuff that I was learning in college, it's like, I could be applying all that, but first and foremost, it's really just, you need to be into what you're doing. Cause otherwise you'll not either, either way, even if you succeed, you'll won't be having a good time doing it. And it's going to become a, like a true job. Yeah. <laughs> not even a fun <laughs> No, definitely. And, and you'll end up being in the same position you're in in the first place. If you're trying to leave a job you don't enjoy, you'll exactly. end up creating a job you don't enjoy. And that's not exactly something. you need to be in what you're doing. Um, yeah. But back to back to sort of how the channel, the channel's history. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I did I was in college at the time and I did one thing where I decided um, it's hard to get subscribers there's sort of two ways there's sort of two veins of content in my opinion on youtube and that's content based and creator based and content based is people are there for what is being said mm-hmm. and so it's like oh i'm into photography oh i'm into cooking you find you know bon appetit and whatever and then you watch those videos and you care about what's being said but mm-hmm. you know you don't really care about who's saying them you're there for the information first and foremost and those are easier to grow quicker because people are searching for those things. Those words, you can target words, you can target audiences. Um, and so there's an audience to be gained there. Uh, but then you are a little bit shoehorned into that. You, you become to your audience a source of information for one thing. And you can branch a little bit, but it gets hard to pivot. And then there's the creator side where it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You're there for them. And this is, you know, like your Casey Neistat's, for example, or commentary people, they can kind of do whatever they want. And people are there to watch Casey do anything. His vlogs were literally anything. There was no common thread between what he was doing in the day. The only common thread was his editing style and him. And so he had a lot of creative freedom and I decided I'd have way more fun doing the creator side and that's the way harder side to grow because if nobody knows who you are you know nobody's going to click on you you won't get enough views for the algorithm to decide to recommend your content so i decided the best way to get some subscribers to sort of get the ball rolling was i i was in college and i put like a shit ton of work can i swear yeah sure cool (laughs) i won't swear a ton but like that one felt appropriate no, um, you could, yeah, it emphasizes the, the point. You need to go for it. Yeah. yeah, I put like 80 to like 120 hours of work into a scavenger hunt <laughs> through my YouTube channel. Yeah. So what I did is I hid QR codes. Like I taped little QR codes that would take you to unlisted YouTube videos around campus. Mm-hmm. And I like found like different historical things. And I made like a, a difficult scavenger hunt that like it wound up, uh, you know, the last clue had aspects of, you know, history and stuff from the area. And there were hidden codes and videos in the background that had to be uh, decoded using a code that I made. Like we made our own cipher to get locate, to get like a location for like the final thing. And we pumped it out, put it on reddits and stuff like that. And just targeted people at the college I was at. And I managed to get like 400 subs uh, from that to f- sort of follow along with it. Yeah. And at, at a certain point there was like over a thousand people playing and I was getting views from it and it was a start to an audience. And after I finished that up, I was like, okay, they're all going to leave now because they were there for the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to interject my personality into it as much as I could. 
but you know, I figured most of them aren't going to actually stay, but then most of them did. They seemed to like what I was doing. They were sort of fans of me for putting it on. And that meant that the videos I got had from there sort of, you know, would get a couple hundred views. And, uh, that was huge. I think just getting some views on YouTube. So that way the algorithm at some point can say, Hey, this is solid. I have enough data to pump this out. Let's pump it out to a group, see what happens. They like it, pump it out more. And that's kind of what ultimately happened. Um, I took a break for a year to focus on video production and focus on making money. And I didn't want to dilute my focus, but then I came back, uploaded one video. And after I uploaded that one video, I think the algorithm said, Oh, he's still active. This old piece of content from over a year ago is solid. According to our data, let's pump it out more. And then it just took off from there. No, that's really good. And a really good, a really good in-depth view into what it takes to start a YouTube channel. So no, thank you. Mm -hmm. It was Um, two years basically of, of effort and, you know, was it the most effort ever? Like, was I as hardworking as I could have been? No. Um, mm-hmm. I was focusing on other aspects of my life and trying to grow my skills and stuff like that. But uh, the learnings and stuff from those two years and putting in that effort and the, the certain amount of time that the content done you was important. Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, who has, unless you're, you know, still in college, like you said, who has that amount of time? every day to put into a YouTube channel, not many people. So yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to hear that, you know, you had other things going on. It's not just, you know, you're not just a, a, a YouTuber solely. You've got other things going on in your life, which I 90% of other people do. So that's good. Um, it takes so a lot to get YouTube to be the only thing. I mean, uh, if you have a house with roommates where you pay an obscenely low amount of rent, have no college debt, and then you all you buy is rice and beans, then you can stand a better chance at living off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would never I would never bank on it. <laughs> no, definitely. Most not. of my videos give me in terms of AdSense like five to ten dollars. Okay. You know. So that's not you can't live off that. No. You just gotta no, do it because you enjoy doing it. Definitely. No, that's a really good point. So it took you two years to get to the point you are now. How <laughs> many videos did it take until your channel started to grow? How long, how long did it take for it to snowball? So, hmm. I mean, everything contributed, in my opinion. Um, my channel really is sort of a, what I'll call a little bit of a post Malone, <laughs> where yeah. like, you know, one thing got put on, got put out there yeah. and garnered a bunch of attention. And then it started bringing attention to the other stuff. Um, but because I had a backlog of uh, content and because I was uploading stuff that was still entertaining, uh, at least to a certain audience, um, people actually did choose to stick around. And yeah. so it's to the point now where one video is driving uh, is driving the growth of the channel because mm-hmm. that's the one that's getting all the impressions. That one has like 17 million impressions in the last two or three months on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but you know, from that people have stayed and those people are watching the other videos. And now every single one of those videos is going to have a chance at the algorithm essentially. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I think that people see YouTube as a social media, which it partly is, but it's also a search engine. So mm-hmm. um, we spoke to uh, a guy called Doug Cunnington. Uh, this was yesterday, actually. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he said that obviously when you're when you're building a website i'm not sure how many websites you've built or anything like that but when you're building a website you can put content out and google won't put your content out for five months or six months so you imagine making imagine making a youtube video like mm-hmm. you do at the start and then you've got no traffic no views for six months but then after six months if the content's good enough and something or one of those posts takes off that's when you get people onto your page or that's when you get people onto your site. And then if you've got a backlog of content, like you said, that's when people can see all that stuff. So you've got to continuously turn up, you know, every week, Mm -hmm. put your face out there or put your content out there and then wait for one thing to take off. Once that one thing takes off and you've got a big bank of content behind you, that's when people can actually really see what's, what's going on. Exactly. On YouTube specifically, people will get a video and they're recommended. And I, this is the comment I get from most of the subs and especially the subs that matter in my opinion, the most, like the ones who make it feel more like a community, you know, when people say, Oh, YouTube's a community. And I used to be like, like, <laughs> what are you like? That just seems so wishy-washy, but like it, it actually is. It's, and the people that are commenting and stuff, they, without every time they, they don't comment on the video that brought them to the channel. They comment on the third or fourth video they watched from you. And then after they've gone through that, after they've clicked three times or four times on your content to follow up and they've enjoyed each one, that's when they're like, I'm sticking around. That's when they remember you. So that way when you pop up in the subscriber, that way when the bell goes off or when they're going through their subscriber page and the subscriber uploads, they'll recognize you and they'll have something to put together. If they just watch one video, I've subscribed to a bunch of channels that I watched one video. I was like, this is great. Love this. Subscribing to this channel. Love more of this. But then I didn't, you know, either I clicked on one video, another video, and I was like, well, oh, whatever, but I still subbed. And then when they come up into my subscription feed, I forget who they are. And I'm like, what did this guy do again? I don't remember. So having a backlog of quality content, you know, which is on, which is what I'll call in terms of viewership, unrewarding work to start. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a delayed gratification in terms of growth. The immediate gratification just enjoy what you're doing. The delification in terms of channel growth and actual opportunity for, you know, money and potentially turning it into a job is, you know, that's all delayed. You can't yeah. and you and there's no guarantees at all. You know, you might upload yeah. all that stuff and the stuff you think's the best won't get any views ever. It's possible. Yeah. No, we had um we spoke to a guy called Jack Saunders from TikTok. Um, he's got 400,000 followers on TikTok and he said he'll spend, you know, the most disheartening thing is putting his heart and soul into a, uh, a video that's taken him two hours to do, you know, it's going to be a 15 second video, but he's put two hours. TikTok, yeah. TikTok two hours is huge. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and for him, you know, making this 15 second video, putting two hours of work in, and then he said it completely flopped and he sat there and he thought, do you know what? I'm, why am I putting all this effort and work in? But then you put a video up the next day. And it, and it blew up completely within the first 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And he said, you know, that's, that's the thing you have to take away from it is that, like you said, there's so much work that goes on in the background. You're waiting for one piece of content or two pieces of content to start snowballing. And then is the chance for you to, you know, keep going at it and keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned um, money already. And please don't feel like you have to mention any specific numbers or anything like mm-hmm. that. But how, you know, with a, with a channel of 15,000 subscribers, do, like you said, you make money off of it, five or $10 a video. Um, is there any other ways? Yeah. Is there any other ways that you 
monetize your channel? Is there any other ways you monetize social in general? So the growth for me has been the last two months. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm not at this point, am I open to other opportunities? Yes, but I'm also not going to just like jump on any opportunity that comes, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing okay financially thanks to my video production business. And so I'm actually able to stay in video, which is great um, at all points. But for now, it's just AdSense. Um, other monetization things I've thought about doing, if I did more cinematography related stuff, you know, like the stereotypical LUT packs or doing like teaching sessions and stuff. Um, mm. But for the most part, I really just decided like, I'm gonna not, the money's a bonus for now until all of a sudden it's too hard to ignore and it becomes a yeah. job. Yeah, for now no, it's a sweet bonus that, you know, and, I, and because it is paying now, I do kind of get to justify putting in more work and taking effort out of other things and putting it into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm trying to figure out actually at the moment is how much do I effort do I put into YouTube now, you know, for example, uploads, you know, I was trying to upload once every two weeks and now it's like, okay, I'm going to try to do weekly. How much will that take away from video production and whatnot? But, you know, now that the fact that it is monetized, even just with basic AdSense and most videos don't make that much, but you know, it's still a chance for growth. Yeah. You know, and monetization doesn't matter for me in terms of effort level. Fair enough. So at what point do you think, and this, you know, this is quite a personal question, but at what point do you think you would, you know, you've got, by the sounds of it, you've got a love for cinematography and and photography. At what point would you sit there and think, do you know what? I am not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to put my heart and soul into my YouTube channel and just go with that full time. Yeah. Right. That's a question, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Cause that's, it's something that, you know, if I do a good job, sort of the opportunity has come up and I think it's more in my control than it ever has been. So it probably will end up being a question I'll have to face at some point. And my answer right now is I'm never going to stop doing the other stuff because I really like it. But for all intents and purposes, the point where it's like, I only say yes to the things that are exciting and I really want to do. Um, even regardless of money. I mean, my means are pretty low right now. I, I don't have tons of crazy expenses. And since I split a house and stuff like that, you know, my my expenses are low. So it probably wouldn't even take that much. But I, I would assume, I think there's not like a monetary amount, but if, but if every video was consistently getting, you know, around a hundred thousand views, which is a point that I could potentially hit, I think with, by the end of the year, if I manage mm-hmm. to keep scaling and stuff like that, cause they're growing and you know, most videos, most videos just hit a couple thousand. Um, but I think that I could scale that. And if every video was getting somewhere, if, if they were monetized and getting hundred thousand views on a regular basis with the occasional one popping off, then it'd be like, okay, this has potential to truly be where I put my effort. Yeah. Like all my effort with the exception been up something else in a while yeah and you're in the lovely position where yeah <laughs> you're in a lovely position where you're you're doing something you like as a job mm-hmm. alongside which is great yeah. it's good for people to understand if you're stuck in an office job or if you're doing a job you really don't enjoy it's, you, really, you jump off the boat quicker yeah but you've also got to think you know grass isn't always greener on the other side don't just mm-hmm. jump off the boat because you're starting to make you know a few a few dollars here and there or a few pounds mm-hmm. here and there 
really sit and think about the longevity of it and you know yeah you've clearly got your head screwed on because you run you know your own business and you've got the youtube on the side Thanks. but for people who are thinking <laughs> but for people who are thinking irrationally because they don't enjoy their job just remember that you've still got all of your bills to pay all of the things that are going alongside it so yeah like yeah. you said make sure it's at a point where you can't ignore it not at a point where it's starting to fizzle up because you could quite easily if you really wanted to there's people in your position who have you know, left what they were doing for five or ten dollars a day because they can see it starting to grow. Mm-hmm. But I just think you need to remember—not not you personally—but people need to remember that it's not—it's not always guaranteed. And you, for example, could have—you know—the next video you put out could not get any views, or it could explode. You don't—you mm-hmm. know, nobody knows. So yeah, it has to get all to the point. You can like do you is said. position yourself for success. That's all yes. you can do. You can't get success. All you can do is position yourself, and it's really important to know. You know. Um, I stream as well. Streaming is something that I find a really fun way to like interact with the, with the community and interact with mm-hmm. the viewers. Um, and I have so much fun streaming. Plus then I don't have to edit. <laughs> <laughs> that easy. Yeah. That's my least favorite part of the whole process by far. <laughs> Not that I hate it, but like say lobby, that's a tangent. Um, one of my favorite streamers, uh, Ludwig, mm-hmm. Um, he's a big streamer now who streams whatever he wants. He's a personality-based streamer now. He started with um, Smash and I think CSGO or something like that. But he did a video where it was like, how many of you guys want to be professional streamers? And the information he was giving applies to YouTube, you know, super well. But basically, he was saying there are, you know, statistically, there are hundreds of millions. I think there was 600 million streamers on just Twitch. Mm-hmm. So think of that as content creators. There's more than that YouTube channels even. Um, there's a ton of people vying for a slice of the pie. And, you know, it's a massive pie. So don't feel discouraged like you can't get anything. But remember that, like, you know, it's it's a small – when you see the success on YouTube that you might be predicating your decisions on, so you're, you see, you know, a lot of young kids see um, – what's his name? The guy who gives away Teslas. Oh, David Dobrik. David Dobrik. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of kids, young kids see David Dobrik and they see that he has a water fountain in his house that shoots out Hawaiian punch (laughs) and he gives away cars and he lives in this mansion in the Hollywood Hills or whatever. And they're like, YouTube makes a ton of money and it can, it's just not attainable for almost everybody. Even people who are extremely successful are living really moderately, you know, and they have Patreons and they're trying to subsidize what they have. So for me, it's like, and it's all not guaranteed. I mean, you know, if the algorithm shifts, you know, are you positioned, if you're going to go into YouTube, you need to be positioned where, hey, if the algorithm shifts and suddenly your stuff isn't getting recommended to as many people as it could, and you don't have as loyal of a base, let's say, let's say you don't have loyal fans who know you and want you to succeed, but they just like your content. If it doesn't show up in front of them, they won't see it you know, you need to be, have savings. <laughs> you need mm-hmm. to be ready for the seasonality of YouTube. You need to be ready for, let's say you get burned out and you stop uploading for a month because you're, you need emotional health time or whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. that's a real thing for a lot of people. YouTubers talk about burnout all the time. You're constantly high energy, putting out big, you know, content. You're tr- constantly thinking what's better. What can I grow? And if it's your job, there's added pressure where it's like, if I don't succeed, you know, am I, am I going to suffer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so yeah. that's part of the reason why I'm not, I'm not going to jump in until it's unignorable for me yeah. personally. And if you can, you know, I would definitely say that's a, the, 
best way to take it if you can. But then again, you know, everyone's in a totally unique situation. And so here am I here to say there's one way to do it? No, because there's not. But if you have the luxury to come up with the savings and grow a channel and put in effort when you can and grow a social account and then the money's coming in and it becomes unignorable how much money it is and you're losing opportunity now not just losing opportunity but like it's just it could sustain you and you're losing and growing further uh, by doing the thing that was providing you security previously that's when the shift should occur in my opinion not when there's potential when there's when the pros and cons in the cost benefit analysis says it's worth it yeah no, <laughs> it's that's really excited. good it's very easy to get excited because as you said you see so many people who are you know living the dream they're putting out content they're making good money um but it's it, yeah it's really really sobering to hear from yourself that people need to be you know making a rational decision not as you said seeing people give away teslas and think that's normal because it's not normal at all no. you know lots and lots of people make a a generous amount of money off of youtube or you know a social website mm-hmm. But you need to, yeah, you need to remember that it has to sustain you first. And then, you know, (laughs) maybe, maybe in 10 years time, you're giving away a Tesla. Not that you should, but (laughs) that's the... Well, he makes a ton of money off that. So he makes a ton of money off that. But... Uh, Yeah. The the sponsorship side of YouTube is is something that's crazy. And I was going to, I was going to ask you about that as well. Mm -hmm. I've seen one of, again, uh, David Dobrik's videos where... He rings his sponsor up and he says, I've got a video idea. I want to, I want to give away a car to someone who means a lot to me. Will you pay half? And they say, yeah, sure. I spoke to uh, Doug again yesterday um, and Jack, uh, this was a couple of weeks back now. And they said that the amount of money that people are trying to give them for sponsorships is unbelievable. Now, like you've said, they're being very selective on the people that they're working with, but mm-hmm. have you had that opportunity with, the amount of followers or subscribers that you've got has there been anybody trying to contact you and say give you money for sponsorships not yet um i've done one thing i think it's just mine is you know my my graph of terms of growth was you know <laughs> like a year like a year and 11 months of like this much growth yeah and then like bang and you know <laughs> 20-fold all at once and so um those opportunities haven't come yet because I think it's been too soon and it's still, you know, 16,000 subs as much as I'm excited about it. Mm. I'm also a realist. And I know that that's a very small fish on the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's a great, it's an amazing starting point getting to that first thousand subs, you know, and getting to the first 10,000 subs. And as I'm going on now on, you know, 20,000 here, probably hit it in like, later this month or late next mm-hmm. month, I believe, based on the way it's growing. Ooh, my roommate's drumming. <laughs> um, we'll just power through it. Um, yeah, it's all good. You know, that stuff hasn't come yet, but the, when it does, you know, odds are I'll probably say no to the first bunch of them. Yeah. Just given, you know, it has to fit. You can't be short-sighted. Like, I'm sure that they were saying the exact same thing. And I think content creators know now your audience knows, uh, knows you and they know when you're being genuine with them and you can, it's an opportunity for you to sort of build trust with them and 
bank a long-term investment in your audience as opposed to taking a couple thousand dollars now yeah and then you know being a sellout <laughs> in the eyes of the <laughs> you know, that's fickle the internet People does not judge well. the intentions of the heart they yeah. well no they do they, but they judge them in the worst way possible <laughs> definitely people will know and if you're like for your account say for example if all of a sudden you're promoting something that makes your teeth whiter or you know anything along the lines that that doesn't sit with the content that you're making people will know and they'll switch off because they're not there for that they're there for like you said either the information or the person they're not there for the sponsorships so it has to align with what you're doing um, i've seen some people do really smart you know the ad reads in and the sponsorships in videos i've seen mm -hmm. content creators you know some of the ones i really respect do you know in my opinion really smart reads where they're like hey I, these are the points you want me to hit on uh, mm. for the ad read. I'll agree to do it because the product is solid and I think it's fine, but I'm going to do the read and how I think I should do it. Cause that way people will actually watch. Usually you can yeah. communicate something like that to the advertiser and be like, you know, if you just read off a script, they're like, okay, this will last like 30 seconds, you know, LLL gone. You skip back, skip past it or double tap until the ad's gone. But yeah. I'm starting to see people, especially personality based content creators be able to do ads in creative ways and so it's not to say no, but you need to be picky and you need to have a good plan for how you're going to execute that and what it will look like next to the rest of your content yeah no that's really good and and all the way through that um you've answered most of my questions with most of the things you've said so um it's it, you know really good insightful stuff thank you very much no, if thanks. people if people are going to take you know if if people listen to this and they're going to do one thing after listening to this video or listening to this podcast, what's the one action they should do straight away after listening to this? Oh man, one. Um, <clears throat> if there's two, oh, you can name two. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come two. up with a. I'm going to come up with a couple because I think they all just okay. go hand in hand. And yeah, sure. I think saying one thing, you know, it's not. It's never going to be one thing. Like obviously, the pieces that are the most important. Yeah, the one okay. thing is is make stuff you enjoy as cliche as it sounds that's the one thing because then you'll you'll keep doing it and the main thing is keep doing it like it doesn't matter like you know on some of my videos though the, the support is pretty overwhelmingly positive but every once in a while there's some guy who's just like this is horrible and i hate it and i am spending time out of my day to tell you that this is bad <laughs> right and they're putting an effort to be and so you can't please everyone but in the same regard there are people to please no matter what the content is, yeah. you know, no matter what you're uploading, you can build an audience. Will they have different sort of ceilings? Yes. But if you are doing something you enjoy, there are other people out there who enjoy it too. And they'll start enjoying you if they find you and you just got to stick with it until at some point YouTube will eventually. And I think it will eventually as unless your content is just bad, you know, and that's different. <laughs> that's just different. Um, you know, different, learn how to edit and learn how learn about pacing and stuff like that, but make stuff you enjoy. So that way you keep doing it. Yep. And then in terms of ideation, I think if you're struggling with ideas, um, look at your favorite content creators, you know, they're doing stuff that you enjoy and you'd probably enjoy doing it yourself and don't feel like an imposter for doing content like that and taking ideas that they do. just don't be a straight up copy because people don't like to click on straight up copies. You need to add some sort of twist or 
you need to add some sort of value to it that's inherent to you. But don't be afraid to take inspiration from that. People like I didn't make a channel for years because I thought that I couldn't come up with original content. Yeah. I was like, it's all been done and it's not original enough. But like that whole time I could have been uploading stuff that I had fun doing and putting my personality on the internet. And it probably would have furthered me a lot. Can I guarantee that? No, but like, you know, don't be afraid to start and do what you like and you'll just keep doing it. And you're going to have to do it for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> if, it takes uh, time and effort, you know, like, yeah, you know, and I think, I think people are starting to really get that the age of YouTube isn't a real job and that being public conception is just gone. People yeah. don't think that anymore. And so, and along with that, people understand that it's work. You know, every video I upload, even if it's me sitting and talking at a desk, which takes less writing and less planning than every other video I do. Um, even those, they end up being 10 hours for six minutes-ish yeah. of effort. So, you know, by that math, I'm making maybe like, you know, 25 cents an hour. <laughs> yeah, don't look at that. Don't look at that. It's the worst thing yeah. you can do. <laughs> you can't think about that stuff. No, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a job. But yeah. you gotta, but if you like it, it can be one of the most rewarding things. And, you know, at this point, I'm starting to reap benefits. And really, it's just starting. Like, I'm not here like, I am the expert. <laughs> I have the answers for you. Lucky you found me. Like, no. <laughs> but there are some things that I've realized along the way that have helped me out for sure. Cool. No, that's, that's absolutely perfect. Um, so if anybody's listening to this now and they want to find out more about you or find out more about your content, where can they find you? So probably just YouTube. I mean, some people, some people, my Instagram is the same and some people follow me there, but like, oh man, I, I don't like keeping up an Instagram page. <laughs> I just don't enjoy it. So I post whatever the hell I want on that. And at some point I'll have to fess up and just do it right on Instagram. But for now, Josh Deke on YouTube, D-E-E-K. Um, that's the best place to find me. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put in the, the, the description of the video. if you're listening to this as a podcast or yeah. as a YouTube video, we'll put it in the description <laughs> for people to find. I can't so. guarantee what you see there um, <laughs> because my idea, my video idealist is all over the place at this point, but <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've, I've watched a few and if you're, if you're looking to be entertained, definitely take, definitely take a look because I, you know, after I watched <laughs> one, I wanted to watch another one. So you're doing a good job. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> well, um, Josh, thank you very, very much. Um, really appreciate your time and yeah, um, I hope everything goes really well and hopefully we can speak again soon. Absolutely.